Tibetan tradition in the old days, when, when, when they were coming into houses because it was dusty and everything, then the feet would have been washed. But normally, the feet washing would have been done by the servants, the slaves, not, not by, not by the, the man of the house, if I can put it that way, the, the big man that owns the house. And yes, Jesus, the master, and he washes their feet. And Peter was so eager, then it's like, well, just wash my whole body, man. <laughs> and, and Jesus was like, well, relax, dude. You know, um, if you are clean, you are clean. We only need to wash the feet. But this is the important lesson that Jesus one was teaching them here, is if you watch, wash the feet of people. So it's not about the feet washing. So we're not going to start a ritual every Sunday where we wash people's feet when they come to church. But it's more about he saw himself in such a position to serve other people. That is why he was washing their feet. And a bit earlier, a bit earlier, before all of this, the disciples were arguing also a little bit about who's going to sit next to Jesus on the throne. You know, who's going to be the, the big shot? Who's going to be the main guy that follows Jesus? Who's going to be the main disciple? And here comes the master and he washes their feet, serving the people, showing that true love. And then it goes on and says, For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. And then, truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is the messenger greater than the one who sent him. Who sent Jesus? Not himself, but the Father have sent Jesus. And, the, and Jesus was serving the Father. And he was serving the Father on this earth by serving us. That to me is amazing. That is incredible that um, because Jesus says uh, what you do to another if you read Matthew 5 is what you do to people he says you do unto me. So Jesus when he sees you, and when he saw the disciples, when he was washing their feet, he also saw, in a way, himself. He saw the Father in them, serving. You know, that to me is, is such an incredible thing where a God, a God, becomes a human and serves the very thing that he created. I mean, that is just incredible. And he wants us to serve each other in that same way. And he has said, I have shown you the example of how to serve. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Wow. <laughs> you know, we get entangled in life. We, get, we have Monday to, to, sun, uh, to Saturday, then we have Sundays that are sometimes also difficult. Sometimes we have really good weeks and, and we come on a Sunday to church or, or wherever in the week and you're like really happy and things are going well, you know. And then sometimes we have those weeks which are really terrible and you, you don't ever in your life want a week like that again or a month or a year or <laughs> whatever. 
But there is one thing that stays constant, and that is God. The love that God has for us always will stay constant. And I realize if I had a bad week, that's really bad, if I have a couple of bad days, and in that couple of days I get to do something really good and awesome to another person, immediately my week changes. My week becomes better for some mysterious reason, as we think. But it's not so mysterious, because we have been created in the image of God. And the and God is love, and God loves. And the word says that the reason I can love is because God has loved me first. That is amazing. We have to think about it. We have to take it in a little bit. The reason I can love is because God loved me first. I didn't have to do any good works. I didn't have to do anything special. I, I didn't have to be born in a, into a special family with the right surname. No, he made me and he loved me, regardless of where I grew up, who I am, what I did. And because he loves me like that, I can love everybody else that is sitting here. I should, I ought to be able. <laughs> I, I need to love you guys. Otherwise, I do not have the love of God in me. Then it means that I've never received the love of God if I can't love back. And it's so easy because we just have to receive it. <laughs> and then Jesus shows us this perfect example. And, and it's not, like I said, it's not about the washing of the feet. But um, it's, it's, like, it's like this. Okay, this is also feet washing. We don't always see it like that, but that is feet washing because it was done with a joy in the heart. It was done with a true spirit of, I want to, to bless somebody else, for example. And that is what, the, the, what Jesus is saying is, is, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, we can always bless somebody. We can always give something to somebody. We can always make another person's day better. Even if our own day feels like it's the worst day in the history <laughs> of mankind. Sometimes we have those days, we just feel like this is the worst day ever. But yet, there are other people that, that can benefit from us because we know the true living God. We know God. We say we know God. Let us show people that we know God by serving people, by giving to them, by by saying a kind word to a person by doing things, see a brother in need, a sister in need, a, a guy on the street that is just um, begging or something, just make eye contact with the guy. Say, I see you. I, I greet you. I, don't, I might not have much to give you now, but here's a 50 kroner. This is what I have. But to have that contact with a person, to say, I see you. You are not just a shadow in the world. You are not just something. And I've seen so many times in Christensand when I've been in town with Romanian ladies, sometimes they sit and knit on the street or, or other people. People walk past them like this. They don't see them. But as soon as you make contact with them, you talk with them. Or the people that sell magazines at, at the shops outside. Just to take that personal 
um, interaction with them. There's one guy in Circner that sells magazines and I always try to make a point if I see him there, I'll take money out of the, out of the shop and I will give him some money and I don't take a magazine because I want to bless him and then he has extra magazine to sell for money, right? And, but now when he sees me, we know each other. We greet each other. You know, I don't understand these situations completely, but, but when he sees me, he smiles, he gets happy, you know, because I have interaction with him and I can talk with him. This is what Jesus is calling us to do, is to wash the feet of other people in that way. We don't have to physically wash the feet of people. If you want to, do that. But in other ways, you can do that. Then in John 13, verse 34 to 35, by now you guys will realize that John is probably the favorite book for me. <laughs> I think it's because of who he was and who he became after knowing Jesus that I like him so much. Because I, I think I was maybe a little bit similar. <laughs> uh, and then this is what John says here. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. It's a commandment from Jesus. It's, it's a new commandment. Like, wow, this is new, boys. You have to love one another. We have to take care of one another. This is what Jesus, this is the message. This is the promise. It's, it's, I know the titles are promised, but this is a promise from God. He loves us. He's promised to us as, I will love you unconditionally. I will give to you unconditionally from myself, myself to you. Then we have to take this promise and we have to give this promise to other people, to love them unconditionally. Goes on and says, Just as I have loved you, you also ought to love one another. By this, this is so beautiful, by this all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. So it starts in this place where we are, all the people here, that we can love one another. We shall love to watch each other, we care for each other, we, we take time to listen to each other's problems, um, we take time to be, listen to each other's good news. I don't want to focus on the problems only, but sometimes we have really good news. So when people are happy, let's be happy with them. But when they cry, let us say, come, let's comfort them. Let us even cry with them. Let us mourn with people. But when people are happy, let us be happy with them. You know, maybe another, people's ha another person's happiness will make your day that was sad a happy day. <laughs> you know, we also, we always need to stick to, the, to that, that, we need to lift each other up. We need to love one another. We, we talk a lot about this. There's great messages we can preach. But I really want to, today to just go back almost to the basics of what the first church was doing. Because it's time that we get our power back as Christians. It's time that we can raise up, that we can show the world what a true Christian looks like. Not what true... Um, theologians looks like that have studied the Bible for like ever 
and can have good arguments. Let us not show people that we can be good knowledge-bearing people like the Pharisees that can make an argument stick. No. The early church walked in love. And even Paul, that could argument, have arguments with people, said this, I can, I can if I want to, but, but, I choose to preach Christ crucified on the cross. That is what he was saying. It's like, first I will show people love, first I will walk a, a path with people, and then, and then, some places he's, it's so interesting because in Athens he stayed quite a while arguing on the square with people. And I find it amazing because all the churches that Paul planted really successfully was not in Athens. <laughs> so the only place that Paul actually stayed and arguing with people about Christianity, he didn't manage to make a big impact because he was arguing too much with them. Instead, all the other places where he went to show the love where he went to um, do miracles, to do, to do signs and wonders. Those are the places where the churches grew, like Corinth and, and um, Ephesians and all of these, other, Ephesus and all of these places. So I find it interesting, actually. We never think about it, but, but it shows you, you, you can show God's love, you can show it physically, like I say, like, like giving to people, like... like listening to a person for that day, um, taking care of a person. Let us do it like that. Instead of just trying to sound smart and use good words. And There's a time for teaching the Bible. But the time for teaching the Bible is not when you interact with people, when you show them God's love in a practical way. First, you have to show God's love in a practical way. And then you can do the Bible teaching like Paul did. And just make sure all the windows are closed before you start the Bible teaching. Because there is a place where Paul was teaching so long and a guy was sitting in the window and he fell out. <laughs> and he actually died. And they had to go and pray for this guy to be resurrected from the death. So, so let's keep our teachings at home a bit shorter than what Paul did. <laughs> ah, the word is beautiful. Then John 14, 15 to 17, it says this. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So first he says, a new commandment I give you, love one another. And then he says, now, if you love me, then you will keep that commandment that I, I gave you, which is to love one another. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit, even the Spirit of Truth. Wow. Whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So when Jesus went up after the third day, no, how many days? 40 days, 40 days, sorry before I get my Bible stories wrong. Jesus was resurrected after the third day, and after 40 days on earth, he, he went to heaven. And then, the, but before that, the Holy Spirit, after his resurrection, the Holy Spirit came and filled the disciples. This 
other helper that Jesus was talking about on that day, the Holy Spirit came into us. In the old days, in the Old Testament, you see the Holy Spirit coming on top of people or on people for a moment. And for a moment, they had that revelation from God and they could prophesy and they could do things and they could take this. And then the Spirit will lift from them again for a period. Then the Spirit came upon them again and then they could prophesy and do things. That's probably why one of the prophets ran away. Uh, who was it? Uh, uh, the one that killed all the Baal prophets. Mark. Who's the guy that killed all the, Mark, all the Baal prophets? The prophet. Elisha. They're like Elisha. He was challenged by, challenged by Baal prophets, like who has the true God? And, th and they did all sorts of crazy things for a whole day long and nobody could get fire from heaven. And then he took his offering, he soaked it with water, like really soaked it with water, and God just lit, lit it for him. Just like that. Amazing miracle. Then they wanted to kill him, but then God killed all the Baal prophets. So power, a demonstration of power from God like that. And then the next moment he runs away because he's afraid of a woman. <laughs> After he saw God's power like that. Then the next moment he runs away. It shows me that when the Spirit of God came upon him at that moment, he was bold. He could do things. And when the Spirit left him, he was like, oh boy, I'm in trouble. I have to go. And I must be honest, that is sometimes why we have I'm not saying our weeks will be better in certain circumstances, but I know for myself that is why I have sometimes bad weeks and bad months. It's because I take my eyes off God, off who He is. I forget that I have the living God within me in the form of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? When I've had in the past, some really bad weeks, and I realized that I have the Holy Spirit in me. I was so full of joy that some of my friends looked at me and they, like, What is wrong with you, dude? What's wrong with you? Because you need to stress, you need to worry. How is it when everything is falling apart around you that you are happy, that you have joy? How is that even possible? You know? This is the other helper that God sent us. That if we... Sometimes, you know, we have to stop. We are so busy. We always want to fill our lives with um, um, talking, with TV programs, with movies, with music. Just something that we can keep busy, do something that... Because we are too afraid sometimes just to sit for... Um, now I am in trouble. My time is running out, I see almost. <laughs> so, but sometimes we just need to take that time and sit still and understand who God is. Who this other helper is that he has sent us. And you know what is so amazing about this other helper that he has sent? Is it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know, they spoke in other tongues. And in that time in Jerusalem were many nations gathered and everybody could hear their own language. 
these guys declaring the goodness of God. And it shows me something. It's as soon as the Holy Spirit came, that gospel was meant for everybody on earth, not just for the Jews. God intended that everybody needs to hear the good news. And today, look at this room. We are full different nations sitting here, worshipping God, praying to God, um, wanting to know more about God, wanting to get more of Him in us. I want to quickly just, just touch on this in the next one. is John 14, 26, 27. And this is what it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, this is the beautiful part, is He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. It was for that time when the disciples, all the words that the disciples heard from Jesus. But because we have the same Holy Spirit that filled them, the Holy Spirit that will teach them will teach us. The words that Jesus spoke then, the Holy Spirit will tell us the words that Jesus spoke back then also now. So he will teach us, this Holy Spirit, which is God, will teach us just like he taught the disciples. There's no difference between those 12 guys and us, what we can know and the Holy Spirit that we can have in us. And I need to, I need to touch on this because if I go to Zechariah 3 verse 7, this is in the Old Testament, hundreds of years before Jesus came. And all the prophets prophesied about Jesus coming. But this is what this says. Thus says the Lord of hosts, If you walk in my ways and keep my charge, which is exactly what John was saying, if you keep my, where Jesus said, if you keep my commandments, then you shall rule my house and have charge over my courts, and I will give you the right of access amongst those who are standing here. The courts of heaven... Jesus, when he died, rose again, went to heaven, is seated on the right hand of the Father. And then Jesus says this, and I touch this on this on the name of what Adam means, the doorway. So Jesus is the doorway, and he says this, I am the way to the Father. No man can come to the Father but through him, through Jesus. No one can go to the Father but through Jesus. And now Jesus is in heaven. And when we have accepted Jesus in our lives as personal Savior, we have the Holy Spirit in us, He's teaching us all these words that Jesus was talking. You know what? We have free access to the courts of heaven because of Jesus that is seated next to the Father. So the promise is salvation, of course. The promise is that we will be taught but the promise is also that we can enter into the presence of the Father, of this God that, that cares so much, that loves so much. Isn't that, I find it's like mind-blowing because I can go into the presence of the Father, the one they call Yahweh, El Shaddai, Elohim. El means God, <laughs> by the way. And... And that is, is incredible because it's about the presence. You know, we need, we need the presence of God today in our lives. 
I really want to see us as believers um, be so different, not in fancy words like I said, but in, in practically showing each other love. You know, because that is what Jesus did when he was on earth. Revelation 21 verse 3 says this, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. Wow. The dwelling place of God, where God wants to be, where the Father wants to be, is with us. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. This is right, because God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I need to bring this, I want to bring this over to, to us today, is that the dwelling place of God is with us. You know, and if Jesus washed the feet of his disciples, serving them, if Jesus says in Philippians 2 that he became nothing, he gave up everything of himself. This is what Philippians 2 says, he, he became nothing to serve his creation. He came to serve us. This is how much he loved us. And the only thing he asked from us, in a way, is now that I have loved you this much, <laughs> let us love one another in the same way. Let us love our sisters, our brothers. You don't have to agree with everything they say. You don't have to like their hairstyle or their fashion. <laughs> you just have to love them. You have to serve them. You have to take that time to listen to them. You know, it is... You know, this is my longing, is that we as Christians, we that say we believe in this awesome, wonderful God, can stop talking almost. Like Francis of Assisi, I don't know if he actually said it. They say he said it, but there's no proof that he said it. But he said, I will show you my love. I will show my Christianity through the works that I do. We have to have works also. But Francis of Assisi was a noble man, had lots of money. He was a rich guy. He went to battles and fought in battles actually as a knight. Many people don't know this. And after that, he met God and gave all those riches away. He took a rope on himself and he went out into the world and he preached the gospel. He loved people. He did miracles. Today, he's a saint, yes, in the Catholic Church, but he himself did not want to become a saint. When they offered it to him, he said no. So what happens after death, he, he, he couldn't control <laughs> But let, us, let our lives be like that. This is what I want for us. This is what I want for me, to look so much like Jesus in the things that I do to other people. Zagias is another guy. He was a bad guy in that town. Stole everybody's money. And Jesus said, I want to sleep with a job house tonight, my friend. 
And everybody's like, wow. Can you imagine the religious people of those days? They were like shocked, man. It's like, really? <laughs> There's some good, other good people in this town, but you want to go and sleep at this guy's house, which is the worst of them. But it's so amazing. So Jesus goes and he stays, I think it was one night or two days or something, he stays with Zagias at this house. Jesus leaves that house. And he says that Zagias went out and he paid people back what he stole from them, even more than what he took from them. Two days with a sinner. And Jesus was known by the Pharisees and stuff. They called, they called him a guy that is a wine sibber, a guy that hangs out with the sinners. They called him that. But he did that so that all of us today can know the Father. He said, I came for, for the brokenhearted, the sick. The promise of God, the promise of God <laughs> is for me and for you. Because he gave the promise to us first through Jesus. I know we are so different. We, are, we feel, each of us here right now, that we are in different places, different things maybe. Uh, we believe maybe different. Um, we know some, some Bible, but we know, uh, some of us maybe know a lot about the Bible. But that is not what it's about. It's about having this love in us that we can love other people. You know what? If we can start loving other people, amazing things will happen in your life. And I know there are people sitting here that can testify of that. It's when we loved other people and did things for other people. Not because we were doing those things that we can have amazing things happen in our life. But it just happens because God will take care of you. He will take care of you. And I mean, we are how many people here? And then we have over 250 in a church in Zambia. So we are all part of that family. And these people have nothing because they are in a refugee camp. They don't have money, they don't have proper clothing. When they get to the camp, they have to build their own houses. <laughs> you know, this is the people that we love. This is the people that we want to care for. This is the people that we want to give Jesus into their lives. Because once they leave that camp, wherever they go into the world, we want them to be able to show Jesus to other people. We want them to make a difference in other people's lives. You know, I find it amazing. The gospel to Africa came from the West and to Asia also. came from the West. But now, it's, it's Africa, it's Asia, it's South America, all these countries where the gospel traditionally were not from, because I'm more talking about um, Western Europe, where the gospel came from, even Eastern Europe. These we are here, and God wants to use us. <laughs> I can't explain it to you, but this is so strong in my spirit now that everybody here that I see, everybody's face that I see here, I say to you, God wants to use you. You might not even believe it yourself, but with the bit of love that you have in you that God has given you already, start giving that to other people. Start being compassionate to other people. 
wash other people's feet. And I will say this to you. Watch in your own life when you start doing that, how you will receive more of God's love. God's like, God likes a full cup. If you give from your cup, He's going to pour into your cup. And your cup will overflow with love and goodness that you can share to other people. We don't always have to have lots of money to give to people. But we have an ear that we can listen with. We have two arms that we can hack with. We have extra clothing or things that we can give to people that need that. We can make difference in the lives of other people like in Zambia or like where you are going to or where you are coming from. Those people in your, your region that you are helping. People with nothing but what we have we can give. And once we give that, God will give to us Himself. Because it's not about possessions, it's not about wealth, it's not about money, it's about God. Thank you for giving me more time. <laughs> but I really think it's so important. Um, this was not part of what I prepared and planned. But I just feel really it's... it's our, even Mark, he knows, our friend from Liberia, he's just come back from Liberia. On a, from the photos I see, amazing trip, helping people that can't help themselves. But we have it in us with whatever we have to help other people, to give them something, to make a life better for them. You don't have to have much, you just have to have God in you. <laughs> to do that. Let us just play a song, worship one song.
I just feel that God is saying something to my brother over there. Yes. As, I, as we were worshipping, I just hear these words that God is saying, He is not done. He gave you a promise. But He still wants to use you in ways that all I can see is like, like books. I don't know what type of books, but it's not necessary studying. But I just see like words on pages. And he says he still wants to use you to reach out to people, to make a difference in other people's life. So all I can see is these pages with words on. I don't know if you have to speak to people or if you have to maybe write, but I just see these words and he says, I'm not done with you yet. This is what I really feel God is saying to you and that he's got something special still ahead of your life. And he still really, really wants to use you in a mighty way that you have not expected. But I know that he spoke to you many years ago. It's not forgotten. for my sister from Ghana <laughs> is I feel God is saying that he has called you you are here in Norway and you are studying and he's preparing you for something and I'm not sure if he's going to use you completely in what you are studying But when you go back to Ghana, once you are done, this is a preparation in studies, but also in, in what he has called you to do. A time for you to take out in a way, to, to be able to listen, to pray, and to hear from God more about this particular calling that he has given you. And I know there's a calling that he has given you. And it's something about trans, a transformation also from where you are coming from, for, for, about things that has never been done before there. I don't know, exactly, I don't know what it is, but all I can see is that, that I see you studying and then I see you go back and I see you using in ministry. It's not necessarily ministry like, like they're standing behind the pulpit, right? Because everybody that is doing something, I just have to say to everybody now, ministry is everything and that you can do and wherever you are, that is ministry. But he's going to use you in a mighty way there also. And also because you are a woman, there's something that, that he wants to use you for in that particular area that will be powerful 
because it comes from a woman <laughs> and not from a man. But I know that he's giving you a calling and it's not exactly the things that you are studying now. But he says, just wait, be patient with it, Pre prepare for it. Because once you go back, that is when his release is going to come.